The Tablet Show, episode 115, with guest Atley Hunter. Recorded live Saturday, November 23rd, 2013. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Atlee Hunter about how he gets users to use and pay for his mobile apps. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at telerik.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Hey, Mr. Campbell. Howdy, sir. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's another episode of The Tablet Show, and we're in a quiet corner of the uh, Philly Code Camp. Yeah, we're at the Abington Penn State University. It is a beautiful campus, and we got a great room, lots of windows. It looks fantastic here. Yeah. Although the sky was blue this morning. It's clouded over a bit this afternoon, but, but there are worse things. It's a nice fall day. If you get a chance to come, this is uh, one of the best. And one of the original, still original Code Camp. I think it's like the 19th of. one. Well, yeah, he's still uh, Bill Wolf and the it's, guys yeah, are still, still con- doing adhering it. to the original Code Camp manifesto. Good old Tom Robbins way back yeah. when. Yeah. By the people for the people conferences. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I love it. We met some people who, uh, you know, um, never have, well, maybe have spoken once or twice. Yeah. That's about it. Real community driven. Yeah, trying out stuff for the first time, taking yeah. some chances. Very cool. It's cool. All right. Time for Better Know Framework. Hit me. All right, what do you got? Well, uh-oh. <laughs> I know. I See, we're together, so this yeah. is luxurious. Yeah. I know that look. <laughs> All right. So every once in a while, I come across something that makes me chuckle. Okay. This is fun. All right. So these are geek pickup lines. Oh, no. Yeah. Not just programmer pickup lines, because let's face it, programmers don't ever use pickup Yeah, what would you do that for? I've gone as far as looking at her shoes. What more do I need to do? That's right. But these are geek pickup lines. Okay. okay? So these are from uh, a WordPress uh, 2009 article, a blog post, Jokes Only a Geek Could Love. And it's at tinyurl.com slash geeklines. And here they are. Now, okay, you might want to, I don't know if these are okay in mixed company, but, you know. Put on your headphones. There's some innuendo here, so. You, you know, think? You know what I'm saying? All right. All right. Hit you me. might want to put the kids, tell the kids to go play <laughs> for a few minutes. Turn it off in the car. All right, number one. I wish I could be your derivative so I could be tangent to your curves. <laughs> <laughs> Geometry geek humor. I love it. It's all right, Adley. You can laugh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pretend you're not here. <laughs> here we go. Oh. Hey, babe. Want to see the exponential growth of my natural log? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Baby, I know my chemistry, and you've got one significant figure. Eh, okay. Eh, okay. This one's good. If I were an enzyme, I'd be DNI Healy case so I could unzip your genes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, baby, want to test the K of my bed springs? <laughs> eh. That's kind of That's, You got to go listen to the nuclear power check yeah, for that you one. Listen you know how much clear. bounce you get back. That's right. Are you the square root of two? Because I feel irrational when I'm around you. Nice. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Cheesy. 
And finally, how can I know so many hundreds of digits of pi and not the digits of your phone number? Oh, that's sweet. All right, math humor. I love it. Okay. Here you go. So, I've got nothing to say. Yeah, now you don't want to know, learn, or love that. I guess you love it. It's pretty funny. There's some other good jokes on here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just keep reading. Two antennas met on a roof, fell in love, and got married. The ceremony wasn't much, but the reception was excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. A man walks into a bar with a slab of asphalt under his arm and says, a beer, please, and one for the road. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's enough. Okay, stop. We're done. We're done. done. (laughs) I thought we gave up all that comedy stuff. Yeah, yeah. We got a show for that. Show 100. Okay. Yeah. Who's talking to us right I grabbed a comment actually out of the email stack. Mm. So we do still get some email comments as well. This one's from Joshua Baladas. He says, Carl and Richard, I just wanted to let you know that I really appreciate your podcast, Donnie Rocks and the Tablet Show. Mm -hmm. I just took a new position as an IT manager about a year ago after leaving a company that I'd worked for for 12 years in various roles. My core strengths have always been development and programming, but over the last 13 years, I've found with that basis, you can really do anything for an organization. I've been listening to your show since the beginning when a colleague of mine showed me the light. Ah. I really enjoy the broad range of topics you cover, covering not only development, but also ways to succeed in IT. There are a few shows over the past few years that I listen to over and over again, each time gaining new insight into my current hurdles in IT. And he mentioned specifically the show we did with Alan Stevens over on the .NET Rock side, yeah. 802, about leadership. In Columbus. Yeah. No, no, that was that was when we did oh, with... the second one, yeah. Yeah, that was the second one. The first one's great, first too. One great, yeah. Uh, but I really wanted to read this piece because of uh, the show we did with uh, Jeff Fritz. The other episode that struck me was when you did the show about SignalR. Mm. If you contemplate the ramifications of what you can do with SignalR, the possibilities go far beyond simple chat and dashboard applications. I worked with my team to develop a prototype that's going to production soon of an application that used the messaging engine to enhance a formerly single client JavaScript app to allow the app in real time to send and view information for a visual 2D display of a canvas. (laughs) And suffice to say that the canvas was more than just a flat rendered image file. Cool. All users could see exactly what the other users were seeing camera angle, zoom, color and all, and take picture annotations of the view and discuss it in real time. This was all done in JavaScript. It's very cool. Similar to TeamViewer, but with no plugins and no add-ons and, of course, completely cloud safe. Mm. Mm. I can't talk much more than that because of confidentiality, but I want to thank you for helping me push the bounds of what's available today and keep up the good work. SignalR is magic. And, you know, I had that reaction when I first got into TCP IP programming yeah. in general, which was even before HTTP. Right? Sure. I mean, TCP IP has been around for a long time. And, yeah. You know, coming from a serial port background where you have to worry about data corruption and all that kind of stuff, TCP IP was just magic. Yeah, it was because, so much simpler. Yeah, because when you sent data, it got there. It may be, you know, there may be a little delay, but it was guaranteed delivery in the right order and all that. And you remember, you know, one of the things we were talking about in the previous show when you mentioned SignalR was this idea that, you know, maybe people just don't know about this. But when I right. read Josh's email, it makes me think maybe a bunch of people know about this, but they're not talking about it because it represents huge competitive advantages oh, yes. to their software. Absolutely. So I thought it was really exciting. It enables the magic of 
apps. Absolutely. Really. So, Josh, thanks so much for your email. A Tablet Show mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a Tablet Show mug, you can write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com or on any of our mobile apps. We make them for iOS, Android, Windows 8, and Windows Phone 7 and 8. And those apps were made by Diatom Enterprises. Who'd like to make you an app? So just go to diatomenterprises.com. And speaking of apps, Atlee Hunter is here. Uh-oh. He is the one-person app machine. We he's the Apposaurus. He's, well, not Apposaurus. <laughs> the Appalator. He's the Appalator. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he, he, like he called me a dinosaur. That's all. That's yeah, nice. No, he's, uh, Atlee is a uh, 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 force to be reckoned with. Uh, he's, what did we call you before? A, a verb? You know you're you've destined made to it become a verb. A, yeah. yeah. We're going to Atlee this thing. Yes. Yeah. So you obviously, you work for yourself, but you're a Nokia uh, MVP and a Microsoft MVP. And, and Nokia ambassador. Well. Ambassador, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you develop a lot of apps. He's carrying a lot of phones. Carry a lot of phones. He's got a bag full of phones. And so you, how many apps have you built? Let me see. I uh, just finished my 294th. And that's just Windows Phone? Yeah. Like overall, how many? Like you built um, other apps for other platforms too, right? I'm probably looking at overall probably close to 600. Yeah. It's a lot of apps. A lot of freaking apps. Are these apps making you money? Uh, either that or uh, uh, they are, must be because they're paying my bills. Okay, so your bills are paid. <laughs> yeah. They're paid from that, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Is it just a few apps? Like how does that – I don't want to go into dollars, you know. Uh, I don't want to embarrass you or anything. But does it come down to just a handful of six super successful apps? It, it, it's sort of like uh, – I was actually speaking to someone about this earlier. It's sort of like the Paredes Principle. You're going to get Pareto's law, yeah. Pareto's law, where you're going to get eighty percent of your income for twenty percent of your of business, apps. your actual, mm. your actual. Income. Well, and, and and I believe in this idea of you know if if it's going to be a crapshoot, throw the dice as many times as possible because there's no or consequence to being dice. wrong. If the app doesn't do well, it just doesn't cost you any more. You just stop working on it, and it just ends up being another part of my my code library that I can use the information, uh, the skills that I gained, and uh, the code that I've got. Sure towards other apps that may work better. That's so, cool. So what is the key to making money in apps? So um, what I've found has been working for me, and I've actually started several different marketplace accounts um, to sort of test this theory, mm-hmm. and it seems to be that you're much more likely to be successful uh, building a number of smaller apps uh, than you are trying to go for the big yeah, enchilada, you know, hit one out of the park. I mean, you've got a a lot of factors weighing against you in that situation where you've got to uh, go against all competing apps and sure. whether it's going to be seen and how many people is that going to really apply to and, and what kind of, you know, did your UI do the right thing for the right number of people? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I sort of call it the Walmart model. It's much easier to be something to a lot of different people mm-hmm. than it is to be everything to everybody. Right, right. So, or everybody to just a few people too. Exactly, exactly. And your apps do tend to be simple and lightweight. I mean, I've, we've never interviewed these guys, but I've always kept an eye on the marketplace. The app Taptitude, which is just a whole bunch of little apps uh, all bundled together, like they're constantly making new games. But they sell that thing sells for a dollar ninety nine or something, and they sell mm-hmm. a ton of them. Well, and that's because it, there could it doesn't have to be. You don't have to love Taptitude the whole suite. There could be one or two little games in there yeah. that you just can't live without and it's two bucks how can you be unhappy exactly mm-hmm. exactly although uh, do, you, do you sell a lot of apps per se or is it an advertising rep model so um i tried i've tried the, i tried what's available when the f- platform first came right. out it was uh you know trial mm-hmm. you can pay to get rid of the trial and the trial could get rid of the ads or it could add other features or it could mm-hmm. allow you to uh, keep the app going forever instead of just turning it off after mm-hmm. five uses or whatever um i find that the uh 
the public doesn't really like that. They, they associate don't like trials. With trial. They associate with I'm going to have to pay for this, even right. if you have an unlimited trial. Yeah, they still your your downloads tend to suffer because that's the attitude. And I even uh, in my session earlier today, I was asking how many people will look for a a free app that competes against something that you see in the trial, even if you like the one that look what you see in the trial right. everybody put up their hand nice. i yeah. said that's why that doesn't work the way we want it to mm. so um what i find tends to work really well is ads for a generic overall revenue right and then using in-app purchases to okay. turn off the ads but something that i found that works even better is uh, all of my app models have gone to minimum viable product minimum viable, viable product. product so yeah. an mvp i create a minimum viable product for every app idea that i have mm -hmm. so a feature set that is enough that people want to get it for free exactly and so i put it out for free and then i make sure the users can communicate with me and they do they really right. do um and they you, ask for features and they ask for features and those are the features that i put in as in-app purchases mm. uh, i see because right. i know they want it so they'll pay for it right so right. and you're not talking 100 bucks here oh no exactly it's 99 cents and it, and you've got to make sure sometimes i'll put the feature in for free because it just doesn't carry enough weight. I can't feel right, right about charging someone 99 cents. Someone says, oh, can you make it so I can post to Facebook? Yeah. I'm not going to charge you 99 cents for that. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Right, but maybe, maybe what I'll do is I'll make it so you can post to all the social medias and then just add social sharing right. for 99 cents. Mm -hmm. That's a little more viable. Right. Um, or, or something that's got a little bit more weight to it. And I find that that works really well. And then I find that uh, in, in addition to that, as apps get more features they tend to get more downloads right and you're doing more updates um you're seeing more people and they're asking for more features so as the apps tend to grow and expand they become these living entities right and the community around will it. grow and exactly have their own little communities hmm. and then as they get to be larger you can put an overall price maybe it's 2.99 or $1.99 for the overall app then you charge that amount um, for the overall app, but I find that a lot of people have already bought one or two features, and mm. then we'll buy the dollar ninety nine. Right. So you actually end up making a fair bit of money that way. Do you always require your users to register with you, or do you let them just download and never to be seen from again? Let them just become an, a number. Um, well, no. What I try to do is I try to um, in in my apps I put in something that after three or four or five uses, uh, it asks them, "Are you happy with the app?" I find that that's sort of the right time to do that. Right. Because they've used it enough. Yeah. If, if they've used it once, they could go, ah, oh, it sucks. I'm not going to use it again. And then it gets shuffled to the back of their phone yeah. or it gets uninstalled. If they've used it twice, they could maybe still not really be happy with it or hoping it's going to be better the second time. Yeah, right. Um, after they've used it three or four or five times, even if they don't like it, even if they're not happy, mm -hmm. they have a vested interest in being able to do what the app is supposed to do. Right. So at that point, you ask them, are you happy with it? They'll say yes or no. If they say no, prompt them to go to a feedback page. We're not, not just a generic email, just a feedback page that says, mm. I really want to make sure that you're happy with this. Yeah. What can I do? What, what yeah, am how I do doing? I make this what, what, how do I make this better for you? Yeah. And then you respond to that. And they always, always enjoy that. They, I, I've never had anybody go in and well, you screw you too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if they're happy with it, then you prompt them to review it because they're already thinking good things about you. Right. Put the review and then your reviews go up. But I can see how you sort of step through a cynical cycle there. Exactly. Right? You waited long enough that you know they're committed mm. to ask them if they're happy. If they're unhappy, say, give us feedback. And then you demonstrate that the feedback did something. Exactly. That you respond to it. Exactly. So you, you beat back the cynicism. Exactly. And so the thing is, um, what I find with a lot of app developers, and I get I get this a lot, where the the people come up to me and go, "Well, I built two apps and I'm, uh, I made nothing. I made like seven dollars or something." Right. I said, "So, what did you do after you made your app?" Well, well, nothing. 
and there's no get rich quick scheme. If there was, We'd everybody be, be rich. Yeah. Um, it's work. It is a business. I'm running this as a business. Sure. And so you know you've got to you know you got to pay attention to your audience. You got to look at what they need. You got to understand, and you've got to try and get them. And one of the things that I, I constantly tell developers, I don't know if you heard about this, but apparently there was a joke on the internet that after the iPhone Seven was put out. Someone put out a joke on the internet mm -hmm. that said that the new iPhone 7 update made your iPhone waterproof. Oh, oh apparently, yeah. Apparently over 10,000 people destroyed their iPhones yeah, that's right. uh, testing the theory. Nice. That's what we need to realize as developers. As far as the user considers it, it is magic gremlins behind special glass that right. makes things work. Right. Yeah. They don't know what's going on. So we need to really help them uh, through that. And we're going to try to make it a really happy and, and enjoyable experience. And but it is magical. Is communication. And yeah. it is magical to them. And I mean, that, that's, but that's what you're aiming for. Right. It should look like magic. You should be doing all that crazy uh, nightmare stuff in the background. Mm. And you should be just letting the easy, clear, beautiful, pretty magic show up for the mm. user and make them smile. Mm. And that's, that's invariably, it doesn't matter what your app does, that's what's going to make a successful app. If you can get that flow and you get that. Uh, I've taken apps that, theoretically, horrible apps. Even I look at myself and I look back and what, oh my what God, was I thinking? I, what the, I actually released that. Um, but the funny thing is, is that by listening to the users, it ends up being a really good, strong performing app. Because listening and the communication, the, the idea and the concept that users can get software tailored to what they like, they love that. Because that's never been offered to them before. And so, how important is that user, the, the, having those users to your direct bottom line? Uh, it's 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 vital. Uh, I mean, that communication. Every single app that I see communication on is a, is is doing well. Hmm. Is doing well. Is making money. Is is uh, getting new users. Is mm -hmm. is a consistent downloader. Um, the ones where I haven't been able to get that communication started, or I haven't you know broken that sort of that that barrier. Mm. Those are the ones that tend to struggle more. That they rely on being featured or being reviewed somewhere. Right. Or, uh, but I guess that's the big thing here is, I mean, once you've got a user to download your app, mm -hmm. now you have a chance to interact with them and keep them engaged. But how do you get those first downloads? Well, I mean, hundreds of thousands of apps out there. Yeah, no, of course. Um, so one of the things that, that, that works, I mean, Microsoft does a great job of doing features. Okay. Um, Develop.com, if, if you're a Windows Phone developer and you're mm -hmm. not on Develop.com and you're in North America, uh, you're crazy because... They have all these different challenges and things that you can get XP points. Right. And you can actually buy a feature on the Nokia feature set. You can actually go in and say, I want my app to be featured. Now, when you do that, they still have to check it. They're not going to just blindly throw up. They're not going to put anything up there. They're not just going to mm -hmm. blindly throw up anything. But what they'll do is they'll check your app and they'll say, well, before we feature it, can you do this and this and this? And it'll clean up a little bit. And you know, it'll get ready to be featured and you'll do mm -hmm. better. Right. And so they'll give you that help and get you sort of ready to be do, to, to be featured. And then they'll feature your app. Being featured is a really, really great thing. Mm -hmm. But what tends to, from my mind, has seemed to work even better is getting reviewed on some of these uh, Windows Phone Geek, yeah. uh, Windows Phone Champ, and, mm -hmm. and some of these websites that promote apps. Um, doing that can be incredibly valuable, especially to the first-time developer, mm -hmm. because they're aware, painfully aware, mm -hmm. of how scary and horrible it can seem to be your first app developer and how excited you are and and there are actually most of them i haven't met any of them that aren't sensitive to the fact that if the app sucks we're not just going to go out and trash you right they'll email and you go listen dude you need to change this, this or that's be better you know, this this is missing a few things sure try this and mm. here we'll send you a couple of articles of what you should read or you should look at or right. hey try and contact this guy and he can help you well they want apps in the app store too and they want good apps and they, they but they also want 
to see success. They right. want to see success for the platform. And the way to see success for the platform is to see success for other developers. Sure. It's one of the reasons why I do what I do. Um, I talk to all sorts of developers. I could literally just sit in my basement and just churn out apps and giggle like a maniac. Um, mm. But what I, I prefer... I thought you did that. I, I do that. <laughs> but not all the time. <laughs> you take a break once in a while. I take a break every once in a while. Poke my head out and see if there's sunlight. Right. Um, <laughs> evil day star. <laughs> Six more weeks of apps. <laughs> <laughs> the evil coding groundhog. Yes. <laughs> uh, so... Um, so no, but what I like to do is I like to talk to developers. I like to meet the developers. Mm -hmm. I like to see, like uh, even here today, sure. I, I'm talking with developers that are writing their very first apps, yeah. or walking through Hello World apps, or walking through and seeing how they can explore and how they can make their ideas come through. Because the more successful they are, the more successful I'll be. Sure. Right. The more successful and the more apps there are out there, the more phones will sell. Right. The more phones will sell, the more we all make. Mm -hmm. And so, sure. I mean, it really behooves all of us to help the developers in the community to become strong and successful, mm -hmm. right? It's never, it should never be a point of envy because I find that I come to these events and I learn a lot. Mm. Every single one, all the time, even now. Uh, I mean, I've written tons of apps and I, every day I still learn more. So do you think it's reasonable that somebody coming in cold to phone development right now has a shot at making yeah. a real income on phone apps? I think they do. I do think you think they the do. gold rush is just over? No, I, I, but I do think that it's getting there. <laughs> like you're, you're starting to see, you're starting to see it's heading towards that pinnacle. Right. And then after that, if you've established a brand, you're good. If you haven't, you're going to need that sort of that magic combination of, you know, perfect sunlight and, and the angry birds and, moment, right? Exactly. Like it's just a game that everybody wants to play. Exactly. And I don't know that there's any equivalent other than a game that has breakthrough times like that. Or is there? <laughs> Six tag. What's that? Six tag. Six tag What's is what? Is the Instagram app for Windows Oh, yeah, Phone, you told right? me Right, so this. it's when something that really is missing from the platform. Right. And someone goes out and builds it. I mean, Instagram then, now is available for WinPhone. I think I think probably Six Tag might have had something to do with that. Oh, you that. think so, huh? Well, I think that what the number of downloads that they saw come from that made them go, oh, wait a minute, what? Well, this platform is actually valid and we right. have to take care of it. Right. Interesting. Right, because, I mean. Where does that leave Six Tag? I have no idea. I'm hoping that it doesn't follow the, the historic. Uh, realm of what they've done on the other platforms so yeah i mean i just i gotta think if you're interested in instagram type app the fact that there's instagram is pretty much going to overwhelm hipstamatic and six tag and all of the alternatives well i think i think their their model pretty much is the only way you can post instagram is through their app right and that's the way it is on all the other platforms right so my worry is for these other apps is that they won't necessarily let that slide right for this platform right not when they want to have all the market share here sure and they've realized there actually is market share this episode of The Tablet Show is brought to you by Telerik Icinium, which enables you to develop, test, and publish iOS and Android apps from a single code base using only HTML5 and JavaScript. And the best part is Icinium lets you do all of this from within Visual Studio, including comprehensive backend as a service in the cloud, integrated support for Kendo UI as well as jQuery mobile, and integrated testing and deployment capabilities. That makes Icinium a robust end-to-end -end mobile app development platform for .NET developers. Telerik Icinium with its Visual Studio extension is available on a subscription basis and part of the Telerik DevCraft Ultimate Collection. Start a free 30-day trial of Icinium with support at icinium.com slash DNR. That's I-C-E-N-I-U-M dot com slash DNR. And don't forget to thank Telerik for supporting .NET Rocks and the Tablet Show. So, Atlee, your model here of building lots of small apps 
does do you have a lot of overlap in terms of users? Do you try to oh, yeah. do you try to resell your apps, you well, know, to apps to different users? And then yeah, I definitely do because um, what I do is I try to in part of that communication. There's a lot of things. Uh, everything I do with relation to my apps mm-hmm. is geared towards making all of the apps more successful. Right. So every email I send out. If I send it out from one company or another, it goes out with a tagline with the bottom, check out the rest of my apps Mm -hmm. and a tagline to see all the apps from that company. Nice. Right. Right. And so uh, I'm doing that simply because I want these companies to be evolving entities on their own. Yeah. Because I want to test that this theory actually does work. Right. And it's not just because I do a lot of talks and people know who I am and, you know, they check out my apps. So I find that every single time I put out a new app, I always have uh, a a button right on the main screen or, or very prominent. It says, you know, about. You can go in and see the about page. The number of people that actually go in and download the app that already have the apps is staggering. Mm. It's really, really staggering. That already have other apps. That already have other apps on mine. So, uh, yeah, I guess if they like your work, they're going to keep liking your work. Like, mm -hmm. we we almost think it's starting to think in terms of of, uh, author personality showing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I always thought, back in in magazines, you used to, it's like, I'll read anybody, anything by so-and-so, right? right? Irrespective of the topic. Yet, you're branded, and your apps are branded by company name, not by Adley Hunter. Yes. Like, I've downloaded your apps, and, you know, there's no Adley Hunter anywhere or about me. Is that on purpose? Yeah, it's yeah. definitely on purpose. Because um, I, I love your QR cards app. Like I, yeah. Of all the apps you've made, the one that goes on every new phone I get immediately is the QR card. Yeah, I, I find it's really useful. Yeah. yeah, It's one of my first apps I put on my phones, too. Yeah, you just yeah. you have to have it. Tell yeah. me about it. So, um, uh, I go to, we do a lot of conferences, all of us do. Um, every time I go to a conference, sometimes I want to share different pieces of information. Mm-hmm. So what it does is it allows me to put a couple different phone numbers in, a web address, my address, any information that I might want to share. Mm-hmm. And then I just have checkboxes between them or beside them. And so maybe I don't want to tell you what my home address is. So what I do is I uncheck those. And then as soon as I swipe over, it generates a new QR code that has just that information. It mm-hmm. generates a contact. Puts it on the screen. And, and puts it on the screen. Can exactly. They can scan it with, with yeah, any device that has a, a scanner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's also built so that when you first, when you open up the app the next time, it comes up to that exact same oh, code. Nice. So mm-hmm. you just do it once at the beginning of the conference, then you're set. You can just, oh, you don't have, I don't have any cards left here. Scan this. Yeah. I better absolutely had that. I just want to give this guy my email address. Yeah, exactly. So you just shut off the stuff. The other stuff. It's like, yeah. you know, you don't need to know my home address. And yeah, you don't need to know done. any of my phone numbers. You don't yeah. need anything else. Here's my here's my address on my blog. And right. Go ahead. That's cool. Yeah, That's it's right. a dynamically generated business card. Yeah, exactly. Although yeah. I found, generally speaking, wind phones always have a good QR reader. Mm-hmm. And everybody else sometimes has a good QR oh, reader. Oh, Apple's got a great one. It's called Redline. It's right. a fantastic one. Um, and uh, I find a lot of people tend to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, Android ones, there's a couple of hits in this. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. iffy. Yeah, but it is a, a funny thing. But I like this idea that people become fans of the companies, and so it's like if there are other apps coming out. I guess it's true of guys like Rovio. It's like they how many different Angry Birds games have they made now? <laughs> the question is, is, would you just download anything from Rovio, or is it just when it's called Angry Birds you want it? Well, I think I think that King, you know, the the makers of Candy Crush, mm-hmm. right? So they're not yet on the Windows Phone platform, but um, I know that they released a new game, and it's. Seems to be doing quite well, right? And it's simply because they go by makers of blah, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and so they're using that brand recognition and that that recognition of the popularity of the previous mm-hmm. app, and and it's it's 
something that's always gone on. Like, mm-hmm. You know, by you know, you clothes, by, clothes by designers, music by certain yes. artists. It's it's the same type of thing. Branding's important. Branding is very important. Branding is very important. Hey, with three hundred apps, how are you answering all of those emails, all of that feedback? Like are you getting buried or do you have a little army of gnomes back there somewhere? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well the very funny thing is um I found a, I found a neat little trick to be able to answer emails. Mm-hmm. Um, the signatures in Outlook, right? I have signatures that are entire emails, right? So I just insert the signature for a support signature, right? Uh, to answer a question, a feedback signature. Um, and so I've got three or four of the signatures, and they make the bulk of the typing. And then I go in and I put the in the meat, uh, basically between all mm-hmm. of the the typing buns mm-hmm. i put the meat of what what the problem is or or what i need to find out right. and so it actually is much less work than it seems mm-hmm. it just seems to so be you can manage work. it well and then I guess oh the, trust me there's some days it's <laughs> really um when you're really struggling to when get you push out a new out all hell breaks loose um sometimes or or, or i'll i'll know that i got featured and then all of a sudden i'll get a whole yeah that uh, that app gets bombed it'll be and the funny thing is I find that right now, lately, it's been, hey, we really want these features. So one of the features that I'm lining up for all of my, my existing apps mm-hmm. is uh, any existing app that saves data to the phone mm-hmm. is a backup feature because people are turning over new phones now. Right. So I'm finding a lot of second and third generation Windows phone users, which is really nice. And they're all willing to pay for that feature. So right there is like if you're writing an app that had, that writes and saves data to the phone, there is a genuine guaranteed in-app purchase right there right you can build just the ability throw it up to the cloud up to their SkyDrive and bring it back down from you know and, from it does, and if you throw it on their SkyDrive it doesn't cost you anything okay. and it's just but it's just the ability to maintain state outside of the device so they can have another device so they, so they can yeah you sell that as a feature that's yeah. 99 cents yeah so the, this app model is the one that works for you like mm-hmm. give the app away maybe you put ads in it maybe you don't mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they can buy things related yeah. to the app definitely. in line definitely over time yep. and What's your main marketing vehicle when you besides your current brand? Like, if you're going to go out and reach new users, is there any particular way to do that? Is it all app store focused? Well, the funny thing is, is that I found that when I start out, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the companies, I start right from the very first one or two apps, I'll put out the push to get reviewed, and every mm-hmm. once in a while, I'll I'll say, hey, can you review this app? And they're always very happy to do it, and some right. of the reviews work fantastically. Mm-hmm. Other ones don't have as big an impact as I would right. like. But I find that that tends to be a really great model for, you know, being able to do it. The other thing is, is that you can do things to make your apps more discoverable in the store. Oh, really? That that people don't, a lot of people don't realize it. One of the things that I found has been very successful is something I call coattailing. Okay. So building your, your, your naming, your branding of the app or the, the, the content of the app around something else that's popular, often searched for. So the, the example I show that's in code creators is... Fruit Ninjas get searched for a lot. Right. So I made an app up called Fruit Slots. Simple slot machine. Fruit Slots. Fruit Slots. Right. Okay? Yeah. Simple slot machine. Does nothing but just a very, very realistic, because you don't win very much money, very realistic slot machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually a rebuild of another app that changed the app's UI completely and the whole focus of what the app did. But it's really only about 30 lines of code different than the original app. Okay. Um, so it was a concept of... Can you can you do a cookie cutter app without actually being a cookie cutter app? Right. Mm. Um, so I named it Fruit Slots and put pictures of fruit in it. I could have chosen a number of different things. Sure. sure. But I thought, hey, let's try this. It is when you do a search for Fruit Slots, if you just type the word fruit and hit enter, which is what a lot of people do, because not many people type the whole 
Right. Words. You get Fruit Ninjas first, I mean. Fruit Ninjas first, and then there'll be two or three others, and then Fruit Slot shows up. Right. And the number of downloads that app has is phenomenal for what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. It really, honestly, I don't agree that it should have that many downloads. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a horrible app. I just because it's, so it's not a it's not a two hundred thousand download app. It's right. just a normal. But it's that's app. a kind of SEO you're doing there, right? Exactly. You yeah. know, this is a term people search on all the time, and they're looking for fun with fruit. Mm-hmm. You provide them fun <laughs> with fruit. Exactly. Exactly. Fun with fruit. Fun with fruit. There's another one. There you go. Maybe app called Fun I'm with I'm Fruit. Leaving that one alone. Yeah. So. <laughs> what kind of fun are you looking for? <laughs> that could end up being a horrible app. Um, edit point. <laughs> 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 I've been censored. Moving on. Yeah, but it, it's true. It really is true. So, I mean, you can look at what your application does, mm-hmm. look at um, what it's related to. And the funny thing is, you I found that you have a better chance of getting more downloads from this kind of coattailing right. if your app is nothing like the app you're coattailing. Interesting. So you're because not making a competitor to that app. I'm not app. competing with that app. No, but if you like that style app, maybe you like this. Well, exactly. And and I find that what happens, and, and I'm sure that we've, I'm sure you guys have done it too, mm-hmm. is that you'll search for something and then further down the list, you'll see something else and like, oh, that's kind of, yeah, I'll try that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's not Just like because oh, they've shortened the list for you. I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. need. I don't need another fruit ninja. I don't need right. fruit ninja ripoff. But hey, that's that's fruit. Right. Something well, else. I wonder what that is. Yeah. Cool. So how do you figure out which of the search terms are popular? Like we all know fruit ninja is popular because it's one of the most popular titles. But is is there a tool or some way to look to see what are the popular search terms right now? I haven't found one right yet. So I, I literally go by things that. Um, um, that are extremely popular. So mm-hmm. when you hear about something that's, you know, sort of breaking sales records. Right. And, number and one games. And number one games, number one apps, things that are constantly featured, sure. yeah. uh, things that are really popular. Social networking things are, are one of the, the, the biggest so ones. So you'd have a game called Angry Cats, for example. <laughs> Um, like, no, hey, because no, because that would be a competing app, so it would oh, go against yeah, but, that. But model. if it wasn't, uh, maybe it wasn't a game. Maybe it was just pictures of angry cats. Maybe something like "Don't make me angry." Yeah, mm-hmm. right. right? It's not, it has nothing to do with that. It, I like just, angry old men. That would be a good, good <laughs> game. Stop uh, uh, touching uh, my face! <laughs> Get off my so, lawn! <laughs> so you obviously want to build up that email list because that email list is a, probably a huge marketing vehicle for you as well. Now, I don't actually send out bulk emails. Mm-hmm. To my really? users, ever. Really? I never have. Okay. I never have. Um, so it's not I, that important to you that users contact you and register so that you know who they are? It's, no. You just want downloads. I want, no, what I want to do is I don't want to become a spam engine. Right. Because I don't want to be giving people more email that yeah. they don't necessarily, they didn't ask for. Right. But I do want to start the communication with the customers. So they're emailing you and you're responding to, to their email. Exactly. Yeah. I'm communicating with them on their terms. Okay. I don't ever want to be the, you know, oh, well, guess what? We're blah. But what I'll do is if I'm communicating with them, I always include the banner at the bottom that mm-hmm. says check out my other apps. Sure. And a lot of times I'll say, hey, I'm doing this that's similar to that. Would you be interested in beta testing? Mm-hmm. Right. So I have mm-hmm. a huge list of people that will beta test for me that mm-hmm. I have no idea who they are, what, but I know they're users. They're, they're, they're genuine users because mm-hmm. there's a big difference between having beta testers that are developers and beta testers that are just raw users. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because they will, they will do the, the nine clicks backwards and hit the button. Yeah. And actually give you good and, feedback. Exactly. Yeah. They'll give you some, some really interesting feedback. Yeah. I, it's, I think it's tough to find those people. But again, it's like you get a good engagement, somebody who cares enough to, to help you figure out a problem in your app. 
Mm. And you want to keep that person around. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and, and I find that the communication is, is incredibly key. And, and right. like I said, I communicate on with their terms, terms. Yeah, on their terms. That makes a lot and, of sense. And mm. I think it's refreshing for them because I think they're used to being bombarded. Well, they, that's what we do too with our comments engine. You know, they come to us, they, they communicate, they engage our guests and, and us on mm-hmm. the, on the engine. And, you know, occasionally we comment back. Yeah. It's just one of those things where you're going to ship a feature and then get bombed. It's like now there's 500 emails in the in the inbox. Right. Well, and what then, was the what was the biggest bomb you ever got in terms of uh, downloads and emails? I think that when uh, when the 101 love messages was uh, yeah. was featured on Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. um, the we talked about that app before. And yeah. That's still your number one. Well, no, no. I'm just saying that's the one that I tend to, like. I even received an email today about it, just saying, "Hey, I hope you're having a great day. Thanks for the app." Huh. Like just, just I, happy noises. Just, just happy noises. Yeah, it's great which to receive. Awesome to hear. Yeah, sure. Um, but I know that when I originally, when it was featured, I got tons of email with people requesting, can you do this or can I edit this? Can I make these changes? Hmm. And so they're all things that I'm thinking about and, of doing and, and how, hmm. we would, uh, uh, how would I would do them. But the other thing is I got a startling number of emails of people asking me how they could give me money for the app, hmm. wow. which would have never occurred to me. That anybody would ever go, I like this so much, I want to give you money for right. it, which is, is really kind of a, an interesting uh, so do, yeah, perspective. I'm, I mean, here's an interesting part about this. It's one thing to charge 99 cents or $1.99 for an app, but just put in a donation button. Yeah. It's like, hey, if you like this app, donate what you think is fair. Yeah. I mean, you make it a couple of $20 bills that way, too. That's possible. Yeah. yeah. Make a donation in that purchase of whatever amount they want. Right. right. And then they get a full, they get the flagged for the full app. Remember, I happened to do that to Trillion way back in the beginning when Trillion was a brand new product. Mm-hmm. I, I literally contacted them and, and said, like, I really like your product, by the way. Here's 50 bucks. And they grandfathered me as a founder or something. For years and years, I automatically got all the new versions and stuff. It's like, right. oh, don't worry about that. Just because you sent them money first. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. You paid it forward. Yeah. Well, just, <laughs> you, you know, there's sort of this moment I don't like the nag screens on phone apps. They're like, hey, would you rate me? But you know yeah. what? You know what? Need, or you like you say, use it five times is one thing. I, it might be kind of the thing I realized with Trillion when I did that was how many hundreds of hours has this thing been running on my machine? Obviously, right. it's important to me. You know, maybe I ought to pay for it. It's like right. I feel the same way about a phone app. It's like if you would remind me, you've opened this app 30 times for a total of 10 hours of usage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, this is not important to you? Yeah. Right. That's you an know? interesting thought. Just because we forget how what we're spending our time on, that's you, true. You that's become true. a when your apps become a reflex, like QR cards is reflex. Yeah. Now somebody says, "Hey, can I have? Can I have your card?" It's like, "Up, up, up here, scan this." Yeah, I even forget it's an app anymore, right? <laughs> it's, it's like a part of your it's phone. It's a thing that's yeah. in my phone, and right. I must have it. And that's and that's what you're aiming for with your apps. So you're aiming for something that makes them happy, but also if you can get something that becomes as part of their phone like they they gauge it as my phone's not working if it's not there exactly i I can't send cards my phone is you know partially useless to me yeah that is really what you're aiming for and so i do have a number of apps that i try to to do things like that to give you people extra features that hopefully they found very useful right so yeah is there anything special about i mean besides what we've already talked about about keeping users yeah um some people, and, and I, I saw this a lot with the, with the model where you had trial and then paid. Um, a lot of people had the, the attitude that once you get their 99 cents, who cares, oh, right? Yeah, then yeah. I don't care whether they uninstall my app, ever use it again, whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I find completely the opposite. 
Yeah, that's once once you've got their money. That's the beginning of your relationship. Exactly, yeah. that's the beginning of your relationship because what you're really hoping that they'll do and what you really want to be is you want to be one of the apps like on your phone that ends up in the first part of the screen yep. of the phone because people see it. Yeah, right. And they it, care it about gets it. It's incidentally you, it, they're advertising for you. You make a, a really interesting. You make a uh, an an interesting and, and inviting tile, mm -hmm. something that either passes information along or makes the app uh, seem, you know, robust and yep. or necessary. And if you can do that, a lot of people will look at the phone and go, Oh, well, what's that? Hey, what's what that, that does go. Cool. What's that up to you? Right. And, or, or you get to the other point, you want the person to say, Oh, you got to see this when it does this. It's right. Yeah. And that's what I find there's a lot of really cool little fluff features you can put. And I call them fluff features because mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have to be there to make the phone app work. Right. But if you can do cool things like different ways of resetting data and right. like gestures and funny things. Sure. Uh, things that make people laugh or give people a reason to show it to their friends yeah. are incredibly valuable. A good update screen. Like instead of actually yeah. showing this what we're updating, you're saying funny things. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know. we screwed this up. And yeah. I, oh, oh, and I totally yeah. dropped the ball on this, but we picked the ball back what up in this that? version. It was the original <laughs> Sims, because Sims used to take a long time to start up, and it would say things like, we're reticulating splines. I, I love that. That was SimCity used to do that, reticulating yeah. splines. I'm like, what? You, you do know? what? What are what are some of the, how many how many companies do you have, and what are their names? I have five, and I won't tell you right you now. You want to? <laughs> no, really? No. Like I said, I want them to grow organically. Right. Um, I have a point where when I get to the point where I'm saying, okay, yes, this is what I've done, and, and I'm going to be- Why do you have five? Uh, well, they, like, that's sorted my, into, sorted that's into categories? Fault. That's Microsoft's fault. Oh, right. Because was it like limited to 100 apps or something? No, it's not that. It's um, because the search will only show 50 apps. Oh. When you, when you do a search for a company name right. or you do a search for something, it'll only well, return 50 results. The right. reason I asked you is because I I got an app that's very Atlee Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> and I wondered it's if Hunter you wrote it. Yeah. It's called Stop the Music. Did you write that? I can't comment either way. I won't comment either All right. way. Yeah. One way or another. So <laughs> well, what's great about it is on the Windows phone, uh, you've had this experience sure. where you're, you, you're listening to something by Bluetooth in your car or whatever and you stop it you're not even listening by bluetooth you're listening on the phone you're listening to a podcast or something you stop it and then you get in your car and it connects via bluetooth and all of a sudden it starts playing chano pozo by randy weston what is that you know it's some stupid uh why is that on your phone app that yeah it's like the default or, music sample app that or nokia music is thrown on some yep. weird right from yeah something yeah. something like yeah and uh or, or something, the last thing you listen to, even though you completely listen to it, starts playing. And so this thing is in the background, obviously needs to stop. And this button just, whatever's playing stops. It's like an instant stop. Yeah. You don't have to go to the app that's playing it, find where it is. Oftentimes you can't stop because it's yeah. you're it, done with those. It's controls. in the background or something. No, exactly. It's in the yeah. background. It's not. It's not in the the audio so controls. Like I need it on my desktop machine. Whatever browser window is currently yes. making noise, go away. And it's not enough just to mute it because it's still playing. Yeah. You just can't hear it. And yeah. by the way, you can't hear anything else. Yeah. Exactly. You can't hear anything else. Your bandwidth's yeah. being used up with whatever video is being shown so to try and get your yeah, votes. Stop the music. That's good. That's cool. That sounds like a good app. You like that app. You like the sound of that app. Have you got another? I mean, you're what six apps away from three hundred? Yeah. So I'm writing my I'm writing my three hundred app. Can I have a party? I'm writing it on my birthday. 
Well, you're 300 out. I guess you are going to have a party. I yeah, guess so. Have a party, yeah. So I'm going to have a little code party. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, my birthday is December 26th. You're going to be 24. Oh, yeah, that's how much long. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> it's only a, I have kids that old. <laughs> 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 oh man uh, what's next um, so uh, once I hit 300 then I'm going to look at something different I'm going to sort of change the way I develop hmm. and uh, work on a, a different model I'm going to tr- test something else out. another theory oh, are you going to would you ever take an app back out of the store? Can you take an app out of the store? Yeah, I've taken a couple out. I've had to. Yeah? <laughs> Were they taking them out for you? No, no. Actually, they're, they're usually pretty good about uh, if you have something that you get a cease and desist letter for. They're, right. They're usually very reasonable about letting you handle that yourself. Right. Um, but you always have the choice to remove an app from the store. Yes. Yes. Actually, um, you have the, uh, with the latest update, one of the later updates of the store, mm-hmm. you have the ability to completely remove an app. Which okay. is really nice because mm. it used to before it used to sit there and you could take it out of the store, but it would still sit in the marketplace and count towards your limit of how many apps you get. Right, right. Which was kind of frustrating, but now yeah, you can completely remove it, and obliterate it right from the store. Are you building any WinPhone Seven apps anymore? Are they all WinPhone Eight. No, now they're all Windows Phone Eight. Um, Why? Because the market, uh, the life cycle of a phone is you know sort so of. long, um, and the number of Windows Phone Eight apps sold. Has now exceeded the number of Windows Phone Seven apps mm-hmm. or Windows Phone Seven right. devices sold. Out, sorry, uh, and uh, so it makes sense to target that platform. Seven devices are going to come out. Soon. Uh, they're starting to come out with it. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing with the 1020 and the 1520 and and some of these newer devices coming out. There, there's some really really nice flagship yeah. devices coming out of Nokia, and uh, it's it's driving sales. It's mm-hmm. driving. And as I said, I'm I'm getting pinged by a number of users that are saying, "Hey, we're getting out of our seven phone 7 device and we're getting into a phone 8 I need to be able to back up my data right so I, I'm also hearing it from my user base that we're moving to 8 mm-hmm. right or we're moving to what's next um, also uh, the the big change between 7 and 8 mostly had to do with hardware you know the ability to handle multiple cores right and, and yeah. different memory addressing and a, a number of different things so uh, that will carry forward mm-hmm. to the next level, and I think the next big change will probably be 64-bit processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, the new the new way. iPhone's got that. The new iPhone, yeah. the 5S, yeah. is actually in, in as much as everyone's like, okay, gold, but the core in it's really amazing. Yeah. Like, it's no, profound. What's in it's, that machine? It's it's uh, it's interesting to see. Uh, I think my biggest uh, my biggest interest in that is the fact that they managed to do 64-bit uh, processing that cool. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a 64 bit processor, it generates a fair bit of heat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Normally. Well, it's, it, you also start to question uh, so, how much horsepower did you need in your pocket exactly? Right. Like, that's do a we, lot. That's a lot of machine in do there. You want that much processing. Power exactly. On phone. And what's doing, it doing to your potential to have kids? Nice. <laughs> did, did you want to have more? Uh, well, I did this for the keynote the other day in, in, uh, in Sweden for that session I did. Uh, I showed a picture of the Cray 2. Yeah. The machine that helped compute uh, Voyager's missions out of the solar system, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in, and uh, it had two gigaflops of processing power. Gig two gigaflops is a lot of processing That's a power. Lot of processing power. The, the GPU in the iPhone five has twenty five gigaflops of processing power, and you're using it to play Candy Crush. Right? <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> what we and do? You could be computing yeah. Voyager. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
How sad would Babbage be right now? <laughs> You're doing what with what? You want to play? Got what you do? What with? So if NASA wants you know computing power, they don't need Cray anymore. They need you to install an app with Signal R on it on everybody's uh, phones, and then you know take over their. GPU power. That's an interesting a, thought. Know. That'd be a whole other SETI at home project, right? Harnessing all the iPhones. It was actually really funny because I was actually having that same conversation with the Microsoft rep here saying, I've got this whole bag of phones. Wouldn't it be awesome if I could just get them all working together yeah. in, as a, a little bag of supercomputer? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Super it's like a bag, bag. of phones. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. A bag of smash phones. <laughs> Guess that's a show. We better stop. It's going downhill yeah. fast. It's all downhill from here. All right. All right, man. Hey, great to talk to you. It's always good to talk to you. All right. We'll see you next time on The Tablet Show. It's not too much, but it means a lot. Just try and take what You're not the only one.